Hello, I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, and I want to welcome you to Ready Yet? If all you needed was a step-by-step plan of what to do, you could buy a book on how to succeed and you would be all set. But here's the rub. You'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. The Ready Yet podcast is dedicated to those who are ready to become the person who succeeds, ready to become the person who steps into more, and ready to become the best version of themselves. In the I'm Ready interview series, join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, where we're talking about people who have gone for greatness, what they've had to overcome to get to where they are, because as I keep saying, you will never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. And I am so excited to be sharing people's stories so they can show you what they've done so that maybe you can be inspired and see what you can do. You can do. I'm so excited for today's guest because I've known you for like ever, but in a whole different way. Like we networked together years ago. I moved, changed careers, and I don't even know. It must have been like popped up on Facebook or something. But Anna, you're right. (laughs) Anna Krolikowska is with me. So let me just put this out here because it always feels a little uncomfortable to say it yourself. So I'm just going to say this for you. Attorney. President-elect of the Illinois Bar Association to be sworn in in June, upcoming June. But here's the deal. Only the fifth female, I want to get this right, since 1877 to be holding that position. Correct. The youngest female. Yes. One of the youngest overall people to take that position. Yes. But But here's the deal. And that's all cool. Don't get me wrong. That's all cool. But we're talking about an entity with 30,000 members. You had two opponents and you won not just 55% of the vote, but you won every single circuit in that election in the state of Illinois. Correct. 102 of them. That is unbelievable. So before I jump into the 85 questions, I'm sure you can only imagine I have, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more formally, introduce yourself, tell them who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Thanks, Erin. Anna Krolikowska, divorce attorney, mediator, collaborative divorce practitioner. In my day job, I help couples going through a divorce process to figure out the best option and outcome for them and their family. My other passion is clearly the Bar Association. And to me, that not only enriches my experience as an attorney, but it allows me to give back to the profession and to the community. Nice, nice. So you kind of led me right into my first question. So what made you decide to do that? Because one of the things I know from being on other boards that aren't even remotely as complicated as what you're stepping into is that's a lot of work. And everyone's always mad at you, right? And everyone's always mad at you. I'm mad at me. (laughs) So why did you decide to do that? So I come from an immigrant family. I moved to U.S. as a teenager. I went to law school. I'm the one and only in my family who is an attorney. So 
even though I was growing up in Chicago, I didn't know any attorneys. I met my first attorneys through a scholarship I received through the Polish Attorneys Bar Association. And those attorneys told me that after law school graduation, you get a year of membership in the ISBA for free. And he said, and I remember this very clearly, you might hate it, you might love it. You get what you put into it but it's free. What do you have to lose? Nice. And I tried it and I met amazing people who became mentors and friends. And some at this point are extended family. They're part of our family. And I started slowly by getting involved in small section councils, eventually running for the board. And then in 2016, um, things just started happening, not just within the ISBA, but, you know, politically within our country. And there was a lot of talk about women running for office. Yeah. And even though I didn't feel like I was ready yet, I didn't feel like it was my time. A lot of folks encouraged me to really think about it. And before I knew it, there was a buzz and, you know, sometimes the time is now. And, um, I was able to build a strong coalition. I certainly campaigned hard because it's a statewide election. So I was everywhere throughout Illinois. And I'm going to stop you for a second. I'm going to stop you for a second because here's what you're glossing over are some things that you did as if it were no big deal that most people just don't do. You had a free opportunity, so you stepped into it. Yes. Most people just don't take advantage of the things that are right in front of them. And I would say a lot of it is fear. We worry about what what can go wrong. What if it goes wrong? But the flip side of that, and this is one of my favorite sayings, is what if it goes right? What if it goes right? Try it. Well, and then on top of that, you then got more involved You didn't just sit back and observe. You got more involved. And you did my favorite thing is you did something before you were ready to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, At the time when things started happening, I thought I would be running three years later. Maybe. Maybe. And part of it was this perception that you had to be older, that it wasn't your Especially Um, in your industry. Right. Right. And a lot of it was also internal. I mean, I was, I was planning my wedding. We had oh just, oh. there was going on. And I thought, you know what? I need my life to be more in order. And what I have learned since is you're never really ready. Things are always going You're to- never ready. I've never been ready for any of the great things that I've done. Yeah. So just- Keep your eyes open, be open to the possibility and opportunity, and then step into it. And the other thing you said, get the coalition. No, none of us do any of these things alone. So true. So true. You need your support, whether that's your kitchen cabinet, the people who are going to you know, tell it to you like it is, whether you're wrong or right, or those who have advice they can offer, or those who have the skill set that you need. We all need that. None of us are, you know, all things to all people. We can't be. And we are 
social beings. We need that interaction and that support, especially now with, you know, with COVID-19 that's impacting so many of our relationships. And it's so critical to maintain them, whether that's, you know, outdoor safe interaction or Zoom chats. We just need to connect with our people. And so I want I do want to back you up a little bit because you the, sure. another thing that you kind of glossed over that I've talked to people about, you did something without ever having seen it. So for example, you know, you became an attorney. You mm-hmm. didn't have attorneys in your family. You, you know, immigrant family. So you didn't probably didn't have attorneys necessarily in your circle. No, we didn't. You viewed, you know, we talk about representation matters. Absolutely. How hard is it to go and do something that you have no frame of reference for? It's very difficult. At, At that point, it was important for me to have encouragement from others and majority of those people at the very beginning were older men who who felt it was important for them to encourage diversity and inclusion. Yes, there were women who were friends and mentors, but I don't want to just ignore the fact that a lot of my closest friends, mentors, and confidants were men. And I, I had that same, I had that same experience, an older white guy who an older white man who really did open a lot of doors for me and support me, which is not always the norm, but is certainly amazing mm-hmm. when it does happen. And so for me, it's important now to give back, to be that mentor, to be that cheerleader, to make those introductions. And you're right. Representation matters so much. So that's why I share my story freely. That's why I talk to, um, you know, kids, whether they're in high school or college or law students, so that they realize that I didn't come from a privileged background. And if I can do it, they can do it. I say that all the time. The secret sauce in everything that I do isn't me. It isn't me anybody can take the actions. It's just being willing to do the work and take the actions. Absolutely. And sometimes it can be terrifying, especially for a younger person, but you know what, really for anyone, because you could be an introvert, right? And taking the action to when we could, when we possibly can in the future, (laughs) that event and say hello to someone or reach out or send an email. And yes, you might get a no, but if you don't ask, it's already a no. So might as well ask. And the advice I give to folks who are just starting out networking, and this relates to being in an event or at an event with someone, mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to meet everyone. The goal isn't to collect 50 business cards and right. then never do anything with those. If you are able to connect with one, two, three, maybe five people and then follow them. Yeah. That's the magic to networking. Well, and because just like building any other relationship, that's not like you go once and you never go again and you don't, you know, you get involved, you meet people, you build relationships. That's the key. Build relationships. Yeah. Don't, do it as an immediate return on an investment. It makes me wonder your approach to your campaign versus those two 
gentleman who you were up against had to be completely different. If that, you know, that whole idea about building relationships and networking just kind of came free flow from this conversation. So clearly that is the way you think. Yes. And that is the way I act. And what you're seeing now is how I connected with my voters, with my supporters. You, you get what you see. I say that all the time. I don't have the attention span to be anybody but this. <laughs> right. It's a full-time job as it is. Besides, I enjoy being me. It took me a while to get to this point. If you really want it to reflect, you know, as a, as a teenager, as a younger woman, it takes some t- time to get to the point where you're comfortable in your own skin and you're able to say, I like who I am. I like where I am. You know, if someone, would you want to go back in time to high school or college? No, I like where I am. Every experience. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at erin at conqueryourbusiness.com. And, you know, so again, going back to being an attorney and talking about that, um, I've, Allison, who I've introduced you to is an attorney. And one of the things we talked about, so I'm curious your experiences that's a field even more than some other fields where there's a very narrow definition of what you should be, who you should be and how you should look. And you're here and okay, but the hair's down. You look cool. This is not a buttoned up person. I've known you. You've never as I've long as known you not been that buttoned up pearls, Navy suit, hair pulled back. What did you have to go through in your career to get where you are and when did you figure out you didn't have to completely conform it took a while right after you graduate from law school you do believe that that's the image that's what an attorney looks like that's how he or she needs to behave so there is that mindset i think it helped a lot that i worked in a small firm setting i um i started a firm 2 years out of law school and i was a, a partner in that firm for 12 years. I just recently spun off and created my own firm. But I think that allowed me a lot of freedom in terms of figuring out who I was and not feeling like I had to conform to a corporate idea of who I needed to be. It also helped that I'm a divorce attorney. And the perception in that field is not what it is in, say, corporate law. Where, yes, you will. Okay, so I understand that it's not the same as what it is in corporate law, but here's the thing. You won the election. So all those corporate lawyers that are in the bar association still got to vote. Yes, they did. And I was able to connect with them, but they might feel that in their area of law, that's who they need to be. And it's not for me to say you need to change because it has to be genuine to you. For me, it was a progression. It was Mm -hmm. figuring out who I am, 
working as a divorce attorney, then training as a mediator and seeing a completely different way of looking at legal cases, at divorce work, at interacting with people. And then on top of that, layering the collaborative process and all of that was a growth experience for me. And that has led me to the point where I am who I am. I will dress the way I dress. I don't believe in any way that it detracts from what I bring to either the case or the bar association. In fact, it actually appeals to a lot of people. And that kind of dovetails to, to a point in terms of business or legal work. I am not the right attorney or mediator for everyone. And I'm fine with that. I want the clients who want to work with me. Well, and that goes back to the person who feels they have to conform to this tiny little box is Mm -hmm. trying to please everybody. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to assume immigrant family becoming an attorney, winning like crazy, the bar association election. We're going to assume those are some of your most proud accomplishments. They are. I think that's safe. So tell me though about some of what you've had to get past to get where you are obstacles you know i would say share share the dirty underbelly with people because there's so many people out there only showing you the end result you know we compare our entire lives to somebody else's highlight reel but the inspiration can often come when we find out what they've had to overcome sure absolutely well the first point is being an immigrant, coming to this country from another country where I spoke a different language. How old were you? 13. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind that's of good. Age. That's a rough age. <laughs> On a good day, that's a rough age. <laughs> it, it is. But it was an exciting adventure. I, I love traveling. So for me, it was the right time, the right place. My parents definitely made a right decision. It's not the same for all immigrant children. They don't have the same experience. But that was the first difficult aspect, adjusting, learning the language, figuring out high school. But again, I got lucky. I met such amazing people. I'm friends with some of them to this day, and they are part of extended family. Um, You know, weddings, kids, all of those things were in each other's lives. And from then going to college and figuring that out. And that was a completely different experience. And again, I got lucky. I, and a friend tells me it's not always luck. Sometimes it's stepping into the opportunity. So I have to remember that. Yeah. The door opened, but you, you could have shrunk back from those great friends. Yeah. You could have, you know what I mean? You could have been scared and shrunk back from that opportunity to have those great people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So college and being part of a women's leadership program, such amazing, empowering experience. But you're right. I could have said, "Mm, I'm scared to do this because it was challenging. It forced me to step out of my comfort zone. But in the end, I think every experience I've had when I've done that step outside of my comfort zone has led to tremendous growth. And I do think, excuse me, I do think there's a truth to that. If you do that once and something good comes out of it, you're going to be more inclined to do that again. Absolutely. What hasn't worked? What, 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 what hasn't worked? 
Well, there's there's more. I'm I'm kind of layering. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> I'm a glass half full person, so I always turn the negative into a positive. So the next one was graduating law school in 2006 when the economy was awful there were no jobs for lawyer and you said my last name when we started recording our podcast when we started our conversation it's a difficult last name yes and for someone who grew up in chicago it's a mouthful it's a mouthful and that wasn't exactly helpful finding that first job at that it's point that- i can imagine and i remember having a conversation with my mom and she said Maybe you should consider changing your last name. And I said, no. That had to be hard for her to say. It had to, but she wanted to give her child the best possible opportunity for success, right? Yeah. And and even though I knew that maybe, maybe it would have been easier, I'm just stubborn enough to say, no, I'm going to make it. And again, good people and opportunities, meeting the right person, being able to, to work for someone, then meeting my then business partner at a bar association meeting. So there's a theme in my life, <laughs> right? And then starting our own firm. And that was in 2008. Again, market was still down and we started a divorce law firm. I mean, initially, majority of the cases we had to deal with involved some sort of bankruptcy or foreclosure component because that's what people were dealing with. That's what was driving wedges at the time. Exactly. But you go slow, you build, you persevere. So again, yes, there have been setbacks, but I view them as opportunities for growth. And, you know, and so there's another big key point is because we do hear this and it's easy to say and it's miserable in the moment yes but you learn more from the failures and the problems than you learn from the successes it just depends on okay what are you going to do with that information absolutely so let's talk about starting a business at a time when the market is down right because hey that's where we are right now all of us right? are dealing a lot of anxiety, a lot of difficulties, financial distress, and business owners are challenged. For me, it's a time to look at really bare bones. What do I need to just maintain? What do I need to grow? And what is that difference? And what am I willing And does that look differently than it did yesterday? But it's still the same questions. You, You do that in a business every year, every month, every quarter. It's just different answers right now. Some people do, not everyone. I think most people, most people don't. Well, and so one of the things you're talking about is something that people get mad at me when I say it, but it's very, very true. The truth of the matter is that the circumstances don't determine the outcome. The person determines the outcome. Yeah. Because something's going to happen because something always happens. And right now what's happening is very real and very scary. So it's not to diminish that, but Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is something always happens. Yes. And you can't be prepared for everything. It's impossible. I mean, a year ago today, none of us would have predicted COVID-19. Anything. No. Mm -mm. So just don't tie yourself up in knots trying to anticipate every eventuality plan review you know 
talk to your friends, talk to your coaches, take a look at your business and adjust and do the best you can. That's another big thing, right? Sometimes we're perfectionists and we want everything to be perfect and you cannot pour out of an empty pot, right? Take care of yourself too. It's important. Awesome. Well, I seriously can't think of ending on any better advice than take care of yourself too. It's important because I think uh, along with what's going on now, it's very, very true statement. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was fun to reconnect with you in this way because usually we were seeing a speaker and passing business cards. So it was nice to have a bigger conversation with you. I can't wait to see what you do next. So tell people if they want to get a hold of you, it's going to be in our show notes for anyone watching the videos, but for those people listening, they want to make that connection. They want to get a hold of you. I know you're not hiding, but how, what's the best way to reach out to you? Sure. Anna Kralikoska. My website is annaklaw.com. We kept it. (laughs) Anna with two N's, A-N-N-A-K. Law.com. Yes. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. It was my pleasure. I always enjoy our conversation. So thank you for the invitation to join you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Erin page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Erin Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.